Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shining Like Silver, our side-eye. Uh, we will continue along this wonderful story of a marvelous hero after somebody tells us what happened last time. Well, we, uh, we appeared in the other place, and, uh... There's a cave we decided to go into, and I guess uh, Opal talked to the cave walls because she's crazy, and we met a little ghost girl and walked up to a dragon, and Rock, who looks like someone else, uh, just grabbed the sword, and that was it. I also got a doggy. That's pretty much it, yeah. Um, well, well you vomited up a dog. You did. Yeah, the, <laughs> you did the vomit dog a dog into existence. <laughs> it was <laughs> because he drank the hair of said dog. Um, yeah and uh that's where we will resume um last time the set that was constructed around you had been disassembled by these spectral servants around you lies nothingness now an infinitely white and infinitely dark plane of existence um you all stand upon a white light and nothingness stretches around you. You all hear in your minds, good job, good, good job, my friends. You're doing exactly what you need to. You may be exactly what I've always hoped for. You may, may be able to get what I so desperately need. The voice fades away. Where is our charge? Um, don't worry about him. He is so very, very good at assembling people. I knew he would only get the best if I put his life in danger. Is he safe? Oh, for now, yes. But never mind that. Back to the story. And you see images start to appear around you. Almost like you're standing in the middle of a massive simulation. You see this person with a sword. They, they uh, go to a shop, a meager shop and buy a shining silver breastplate. They continue on and they appear out of a portal. They've obviously talked to the wizard. They've obviously, you know, done everything that was ever needed of them. And they go and they go to go fight the queen. They appear in the wrong place. A in front of them is a small, ugly little man wearing the symbols of an insignificant god. And they can only help but like you because you are amazing. You look at them. You weave your words with the magic that your master taught you and they instantly become your friend. Only for a little while. That's okay. You'll get them in the end. You know that deep down inside. You follow you and your companions along on adventures. You gain access to a bow, which can swap the places of two things at once. You swap the poor, silly little dwarf man with a random enemy and drop him in front of a massive ogre, which proceeds to pummel him into non-existence. He doesn't die. They're resilient like that. You single-handedly steal into the camp of the Orc War Chief and kill him in his bed before anybody notices. Or at least that's the Commentary. story you tell them. This appears to be an unreliable narration. <laughs> um, <laughs> you appear in a city, your bed, your hair, being pulled at by bats as the evil witch has cast all of her many minions upon you. You delve deep into the bowels of the earth as a horrible god pulls you away from everything that you held dear. You return, you return, but without your marvelous sword, 
but it's okay. You can still save the day. You come in at the last second and you kill the evil witch. But only after your poor, poor, ugly little friend has been slain. That's okay, though. He was wearing nice boots. You remove them from his poor, poor, cold, dead feet and place them upon yours. And you wear them to the ma or to the evil queen's sister. You beguile her with your charm and you convince her to give her everything you ever wanted. You raid her closet and you take her favorite pair of pants, beautiful and purple and billowing in the breeze. You follow along down another corridor where you meet a furry, furry man puked up by a wretched ooze. We fast forward this story a little while on. You and your furred companion and the liar accompany each other. You know him, Felix Silvertongue, and your other friend, all furred and sneaky. You there, you're attacking the castle. You've convinced them to follow you. Follow them deep into the plane of darkness to retrieve your sword stolen by this wretched god. And that's where we resume our story. This thing crystallizes around you. And Ryan, um, Leon oh, no. stands there. You bastard. Holding a, um, not so nice sword. It's dull. It's not nice. Um, you feel weak. You feel unempowered. You feel useless. But that's okay. Everybody loves you anyway. Um, you are bestowed with some boons for being the hero of this current story. Uh, you gain the ability to cast greater invisibility upon yourself without the need for concentration because you are the very best and only a hero can do things that break the mechanics like that. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of my friends are all beguiled in other various forms. Uh, Mac, you look down and Rock has furry, furry cat-like hands. Um, Ryan, would you be able to introduce the, uh, look of this character to Mac for me? Oh man, you are stretching my memory. <laughs> uh, he is a ginger tabaxi. He has two swords. One of them is a rapier. Another one is a rapier with the light quality, so you can use them both at the same time, because, you know, breaking things. Uh, he has studded leather armor that looks jet black to offset, you know, the bright red of the fur. I think he has a scar of his left eye, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that is an accurate description of Ravani, your uh, your tabaxi rogue. Um, yes, this is the person you are. You innately know in your minds that you are no longer the hero of this story. You are a sidekick meant to assist the hero. Um, Opal, uh, you look at yourself and you look very similar to how you did before. Um, it seems like you are just you. Um, your hands are the same. Um, it, you feel out of place here. Almost like there wasn't a third person of this story. <laughs> and that you've been thrust upon this narrative unwillingly. Uh, Ben, uh, Jib looks down, and instead of your feathered fingers, you have human fingers. Um, from the tips of your fingers, though, um, you know you can cast horrible spell, ones involving tentacles and deception. You also know that you are the same man who was able to convince a dragon to let you go free. You are Felix the Silvertongued, and you, you became a god in the end, creating your own world for other people to run in. 
Um, I just start is... shooting off magic. I'm like, pew, 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 pew. You, you start shooting off magic. Um, while the visual effects of all of your magic exists, the physical effects do not, because that would be too showy for a sidekick like you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, um, and that's where you've been dropped. You've been dropped into this next scene in front of a dark castle. And we we know innately like who each person is really. But you do you do deeply in your heart you know, and all of you know who's the hero. Jim. I. <laughs> the sigh is completely above the table. Leon doesn't sigh. Leon, knowing that f- from seeing what happened in the last story, an overconfidence asshole is the way to go, and he marches towards the castle. Okay. So like, what are we doing here? You say that out loud. Yeah. You hear in your mind. I, I I thought I made it perfectly clear. You're here to um, see the I, I wasn't paying attention though. <sighs> That's okay. Sh- Not everybody can be as smart as me. Um, you're here <laughs> to play your part, assist the hero, do what needs to be done without deviation, and in the end, you get to help the real hero. <laughs> pew pew pew! You just start shooting off magic again. Uh, uh, Rock will say out loud, Query, what is the punishment for deviation? You do not want to know. Um, believe me. Um, at the end, if you do not do what you need to, we will not be friends. And that is the real punishment for anybody. Advisory. There's an old statement called over a barrel. I feel as though we are in such position. That seems pretty accurate. (laughs) Could everybody make a perception check for me? Uh, that's a natural 20 as the hero uh, would always see everything going on 19 cool five five <laughs> okay um so for those who rolled above a 15 and especially those who rolled a natural 20 um you can tell that this next scene was more hastily put together than the first one um you feel like there was improvisation going on and that maybe this never even existed. So you can see the edges of this illusion. You can see the threads which weave it together. And you think if you wanted to, you may be able to break out. There you go. I don't see that, so. I think it's just me that sees that. Uh, that, That's what the natural 20 sees. Um, You, uh, Ben, with uh, 19, um, not, well, 19, right? 19 total, yeah. Yeah, 19 total. um, You can also see that this is a much more shoddy representation of a real world. The other one felt so much more real. And this feels so much more like a stage piece. Um, You can tell yourself that this feels like it's mostly fabricated um and whatever you would like to intuit from that you can it seems like you're slipping <laughs> how far away and... is the edge of the illusion sorry sir. uh so it's not so much that the edge of the illusion is far away but you can you can pick up the magical edges um so like sometimes you'll look at a rock and the rock won't quite seamlessly sit on top of the ground almost as if the magic is fuzzing at the edges um you you feel like everything's not quite right like once you start to pick this apart if you do it correctly you would be able to no longer believe in this illusion that is around you what did you mean by slipping a bit well just look this place doesn't look right more so than before like uh like he just crapped it out it feels like we're at the limits and i'll point out the rock that's you know not sitting quite right and it's like above the ground 
I don't think he's just rushed. I think our storyteller has possibly fabricated everything around here from not from real life. So he has no imagination, I think. <laughs> he doesn't seem very creative so far. As we've seen so far, we have to push for the story, at least until we find a way back to our charge. So to the castle. <sighs> That's enough for this. And Not doing anything else. Yeah, the arm will take off towards the castle. Okay. Um, you approach this Jack Black castle with massive, massive wooden doors. And as you approach, you hear yourself speak. Open before me, for you will not want to see my wrath. And the doors, they swing open in front of you. A massive Ugh, this guy in Ugh. jet black armor stands before you. You know this is the gatekeeper, the man meant to keep you out. And he is here to slay you. Shouldn't you have been on the outside of the gate? You know, just just saying for protection purposes. That just seems to make more sense. Um, does the gatekeeper appear to be a construct? Um, that is a great question. How about you do a investigation check for me? Absolutely. Or Arcana. My pleasure. I would, I would let that happen too if you're trying to figure out if it's a magic construct. Bless you for letting an Arcana work because that's much better for me. Still not great though with a 14. <laughs> So, um, you can tell that this is indeed a construct of sorts. Um, it's funny though. Um, you start to inspect it and you feel like, huh, I think the intent is that this was a real person, but this is definitely just a puppet. Mm. <laughs> um, so the creature, uh, uh, guarding is a puppet as far as rock is concerned do, what do they look like though like they seem to be a tall probably eight and a half foot person in black black plate armor okay um yeah um underneath the armor the thing that um that rock was able to pick up on is it almost looks like straw in in cloth pokes out from underneath <laughs> it okay so well. what do we do magic man well, nothing can stand in the way of the hero, can it? So I will greater visibil visibility myself and walk past him. As nothing stops the hero, stops the underlings, but doesn't stop the hero. Cool. Um, so as you approach, um, this thing completely misses you. You are able to slip right by it and through the door. Um, you know that this is obviously how the story is supposed to go. And you uh, you gain a point of inspiration, my dear friends. I am going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> So as for us underlings, I uh -huh. guess we have to fight our way past it or otherwise. It's not budging and it's not saying a word. And it's also okay. not, okay, I guess Rock will try walking okay. around it. Okay, uh, make a dexterity saving throw for me. Oh, okay. How, how delightful. <clears throat> Hang on. Sorry, I'm, I'm great at these. I promise. Uh, where is it? Ah, there we go. So with the six dex save, I feel like um, I feel like I ought to use my ring of evasion and I'll just succeed instead. Okay. <laughs> so as you succeed, um, you can you expertly dodge out of the way as this massive figure swings a giant black sword at you 
that seems to have come out of nowhere as it started to swing its hand. Um, you can tell that uh, innately, deep down in your heart, that this is not the way it's supposed to go, and that the robot has now been angered. Um, I need everybody to roll for initiative, please. Oh, dang it. it I may should have, have taken the hit. That's exactly how Ravani would have done it. He would have not been hit. <laughs> you know, that is fair. <laughs> So, um, up first in our initiative order is Jeb. Um, you see that this massive robot has taken a swing at your furry, furry companion, but not the one you would expect. Um, and that they very narrowly being cleaved in two by this huge sword. All right. Well, um, so do I know that my magic is just for show? It's not something I can actually use. Um, so you do know that the magic bestowed upon you by being a sidekick is purely for show. Um, oh, okay. It's flashy, but has no mechanical advantage, um, okay. as you are not the hero. All right. Oh, is my dog still with me as well? Your dog did come along yeah. with you. Uh, your pooch seems to be persistent between scenes. Excellent. All right. So I will then do my thing, which is attacking. So I use my sunblade to attack for a 30. That most certainly does hit, yes. All right, uh, that is 10 radiant damage. Okay. Second attack for a 16. Uh, that does not hit. Okay, third attack, 24. Uh, that does hit. For 14 radiant. Okay. And then I will use my bonus action. Wait, is it a bonus action? Or can I just use it? Okay, so on one of those strikes, I will use a psionic die to add some damage and it's a d10 that is an extra 11 force that's not right that's two d10 um i'll just go with the first one that's an eight force damage okay or um, cyanic well it says cyanic force is that oh it's force okay. damage okay. yep force damage perfect oh plus i'm sorry plus my intelligence so that's um 12 12 more 12 or in that roll 12 perfect okay and then so as a bonus action, I will use my hand crossbow to shoot at it too for a 25, okay. and that's seven piercing. Okay, yeah. Then using my uh, mobile feet, I will just run away so I'm not right next to him. So within, I'll be stay within 40 feet. Damn, I thought having an AC <laughs> like this would be a little bit harder to hit, but it turns out not. <laughs> um okay cool um all of uh your attacks um that landed they seemed to hurt just as much as you expected them to um up next is leon our marvelous hero <laughs> um right so do i see the area ahead of me is there only like can i see where i'm meant to be going you do. Um, so in front of you, there is a big open reception hall. A long, long um, feasting table is at the center of it. Uh, all around it is food that seems to have been rotting for a considerable period of time. Um, and sitting at the table are the slumped forms of what seem to be various different humanoids with distended stomachs um just kind of slumped over the table um and at the other end of the room is a massive door and i should really rack my mate my brain with some of these references i'm pretty sure it's links to something we did in the past does one of them have something on their head 
It does not. Um, I will tell you, Ryan, just so you don't have to rack your brain with references, this is a reference to a different adventure that you were not a part of. Okay, good. Yeah, so you don't need to worry about being meta with this. I thought it was the damn tiara. Um, I will keep going. The hero doesn't stop because his companions have been slowed down. He pushes on. Um, So you will use your movement pushing on throughout this chamber. Um, you feel a surge underneath your feet as you misty step through the next door in order to gain an extra 30 feet. Um, because obviously they've got this. You can just be the hero and save the day when you have your sword. Um, you successfully continue to run away from your companions. Okay. (laughs) Um, up next is the robot. Um, the robot is going to swing at the closest thing to it, which would be our good friend, Jeb. Um, I ran away. Oh, actually. Jeb ran away. Uh, rock is probably the closest. Sorry, not Jeb. Oh my goodness. I was looking at Jeb's name and I was thinking Rock. Our good friend <laughs> Rock. Um, Indeed. So, oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Um, does a 16 hit you? Uh, nope. It's gonna have to try harder than that. God, I got it. Okay. So it swings with its massive black sword and completely misses you. Um, it swings again. Uh... Oh, much better. Okay, does a 26 hit you? (laughs) It would. I'm debating about the usefulness of, you know what? Uh, I will shield. Okay. Um, And uh, so, no, a 26 uh, will not hit. Okay. Um, And then it does its third and final swing with this sword. Um, So what is your overall AC now with the plus five for the shield? Because you have that until the beginning of your next turn. A 28. 28. Okay. So with a 28, this also does not hit you. And it completely whiffs. Uh, This massive strong man festooned in very intimidating armor gives swings three times at you and completely does nothing nothing um let me see if this mockery try harder next time (laughs) okay um and it looks at you rather defeated um if a robot could look defeated which it can't but you it's a look that i know well i feel a certain kinship for this robot yeah um and that is its turn up next is you rocklight Commentary. Try this on for size. And he'll start by leveling his uh, his arcane focus. And uh, we'll go for their straw. I'm going to assume that that means a um, that that means a uh, a weakness to certain things. So we will go for a firebolt. Does a tw- uh, does a 15 hit? A 15 does not hit. Sadly. Curses. You know what? I'm gonna use luck, and I think I'd like to re-roll that uh, that attack. Okay, that sounds good. And remember, just because people do forget about them, you do still have your inspiration if you ever wish to use that. Indeed. Uh, um. So does a 25 hit? Oh, it most certainly does hit. Excellent. Uh, um, 21 points of fire damage, and because it's through my arcane cannon slash enhanced arcane focus artillerers are cool um he gets an extra d8 on that so Ooh, okay uh so for a grand total of uh 26 points of fire damage 
Okay. Um, so you shoot out this firebolt, um, a relatively meager spell in the grand scheme of things, but it hits <laughs> just right on, um, in between one of the gaps of this armor, and you see that the straw starts to catch a light. Um, it burns throughout its whole body as you see it start to singe and smoke, and this entire straw man uh, bursts into flames. Um, it is still ambulating and seems to be alive, but it is now on fire and um, seems to be very much hurt by that. Um, in the back of your mind and in the back of all of your minds, you start to hear um, a very annoying noise. It, it's a voice screaming in the back of your mind. No, 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 it's not supposed to go that way. It's not, it's not supposed to go that way. It's supposed to, it's supposed to get him. Um, and that's all you, that's all you hear. Okay. Um, uh, I will, I will bonus action, uh, take advantage of my version of Carl, uh, which is a force ballista that we'll call a mega buster that pops up out of the top of uh, of his gauntleted arm. And let's see if a, no, a 12 doesn't hit. So Carl does not. Uh, a 12 most certainly does not. That's a shame, but it's know, okay. Just like Carl, Carl. Known to be swingy. Uh, when you do hit, it will be a crit though. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, always. Uh, anyway, that is rock. Cool. Um, with that, it is now Opal Breath's turn. Uh, yes. So. Um, I will be farther back, uh, like, mind spike him, so he needs to roll a wisdom saving throw. Ooh. As we know, straw men renowned for their high wisdom saves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a DC 17, by the way. Um, no. Um, with my minus three, that is a fail. Um, I did <laughs> make it initially it. with, with a 19. Um, I rolled a 19, so, yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, so that's 12 psychic damage. Okay. And cool. I just um, always know where they are. <laughs> cool. Okay. Okay. Um, so you see this as you spike its mind. Its eyes kind of flare and it seems to slump a little, but it seems like it didn't hurt it as much as you expected it to. Um, almost as like this mindless creature doesn't have much of a mind to affect. Um Gosh. Yeah. Love. Um, anything else for you, Opal? Um, <laughs> movement, action. I don't have any good bonus action, so nope, I'm good. Okay. Um, up next then is Jeb. All right, and because I forgot to use it last time, my doggy's gonna bite the. Cool. Um, so it's my spell casting ability modifier plus my proficiency. So I use intelligence for psychic stuff, so or psionic stuff. So. Um, sure. Just use I that. know how that works. <laughs> All right. Uh, D twenty. So fifteen plus my intelligence is four. So plus proficiency. So what is that? Twenty three. Uh, twenty three does indeed hit. Yes. Right. So that's four D eight. Uh, ten piercing damage from the doggy. 
It's weird okay. that it does actual piercing damage, even though it's a fan. Uh, the the dog bites into this creature and kind of gets it around the ankle and it seems to pull out a clump <laughs> of straw as it does um it seems to weaken the structural integrity of this ankle and the foot just falls right off um it's it's now kind of on like a weird angle as it just kind of stands there um anything else for you jeb uh i will actually do my attacks now so perfect um and i not that 5e has it, but I want to specifically try to cut out its other leg. And so it's just because it's funny. Cool. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, a 20, non-natural. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that does not hit, actually. Okay. Um, yes. Not, not quite there. doesn't either. Neither does a 12. Oh, no. That's a crit fail. Okay. Um, so your crit fail, what uh, sort of thing were you attacking with? Uh, my sunblade. Your sunblade. Okay. Um, high or low, my good friend? Go low. Okay. So if it is above 25, your sunblade won't slip from your hand. That's how that works, right? Um, if it's below 70 or 75 or below. 75. I want, I want, I want the low, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's okay. how that works. Yep. Okay. Anyway, um, we always have to rediscuss this every time <laughs> it comes up. Um, yeah. So if it is a 75 or below, you will succeed on this. Um, oh, 98. No. Sorry, my good friend. I meant the other one. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> You, your your hands, um, they're kind of slippery, you know? Um, you can tell in your mind that obviously this is how it would go. Um, you're a liar and a kind of shady person. And obviously shady people would have, you know, sweaty hands. And that's why you would lose your weapon in a time of great strife. Um, it's only, only uh, fitting for a sidekick such as yourself to blunder like this. Um, anything I, else for you, my good Jeb? I don't like feeling like this. I'm just gonna shoot at it as well. Okay, cool. Um, that's gonna miss. Uh, and then I'm gonna run towards my sunblade, so. Okay, yeah, you should be able to make it in um, one whole thing of movement. Um, and be able to get there you will have to uh burn your bonus action next round to pick it up but okay. other than that you are completely uh, okay. okay um up next our glorious hero leon i'm looking forward to alex hearing that last turn by the way <laughs> um so i've missed you steps through the door okay what, what do i see now the the door you misty step through um is not at all what you expected you would have expected to be going up into this tower instead it is into an elevator room which descends into the pits of the earth a small round man with a single eye stands in front of you he appears to be made out of metal with two little wings on his back um yeah just just stands there there's no elevator platform or lever or anything or is no you know this in your mind is the horrid little robot that stole from you <gasps> is this a modron yes oh i know this site mm -hmm. <laughs> i just know where we are yeah it's starting to come back to me as well i will step onto the elevator okay um and sit down my good sir Okay, um, so you uh, start to proceed down the elevator, um, leaving all of your companions in the dust as your new companions start to form around you. 
Um, you see around you uh, many people. So actually, not many people. Two <laughs> other people um, appear around well, you. One person, one bear. You yeah. see a tall, lanky-looking humanoid with long arms and a very pointy stick. Um, it is not what you think it should be, but it is what he should be. Um, he is wearing a, he is a stick with um, polished chainmail and fur all over. Every time he opens his mouth, you just feel sad for the poor creature. But you can't help but like him for some reason. The other creature in here is, um, they are obviously a fiend from the pits of hell. You look at them and all you see is disgust. This person, when you look, brings up so many emotions that you can't help yourself. Um, unless you would like to do anything to either of these people, uh, that will mostly be your turn, is descending this. I ha Leon has no overwhelming urges to do anything for them, apart from trying to figure out why he doesn't like one and feels sad but happy about the other one. Okay! Um, then uh, we will continue on then to the robot. Um, the robot is becoming <laughs> quite irate, okay? Um, this furry little creature that it obviously was supposed to cut in half because it was so insignificant has eluded it once again, and it is going to just continue to try and swipe at it. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we will go ahead and do that. Uh, Okay, yeah, so, uh, 32 this time. <laughs> uh, yep, that'll definitely hit. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll take that damage, uh, but I will burn my reaction after the damage he does and use my repulsion shield to push him 15 feet away, Ooh. hopefully off of the drawbridge. Okay, <laughs> um, so, uh, that is a, that is 29 points of electric damage, lightning damage, oh. in, in 5e, or lightning, mm -hmm. thunder, thunder damage, thunder damage is the 5e oh. term. I think it, no, I think there is lightning separate. as well. There is lightning? Okay. It's, it's like, thunder it's thunder like shatter does thunder damage. It's an electric sword. So. Cool. Okay. Um, um, okay. I will use... One of my abilities, I can't find the name of it, but basically I can reduce that damage um, with my psychic abilities, which is d10 plus my int, maybe, if it rolls. Uh, so that is reduced by 10. Sweet, I'll take it. Okay, and is there any sort of save that I need to do to resist the push, or am I just pushed 15 feet? Oh, it just happens. Okay, <laughs> um, so uh, this massive creature is pushed 15 feet right off the drawbridge that seemingly just appears beneath you. Um, it wasn't necessarily there before, but you think that your power of will has brought it into the narrative. Um, oh, sweet. You know in your mind that this is incorrect and that you will probably pay for it later, but for now, you have succeeded in this encounter against the gate guard. Um, immediately, you feel a tug on all the three of the rest of you as you know that you are in the wrong place. You have obviously broken the story and we need to get you caught up. So just like in a video game, your souls are rubber banded into the closest available body. Um, 
<laughs> you are pulled out of your previous forms. Uh, Kim, uh, you look down at your hands. You have small little metal hands. And everybody in the entire elevator you're going down at, on, you look up at. Um, <laughs> Mac, you look and you have long, long arms and a very pointy stick. And Ben... Um, you, you hold a very nice violin, you're wearing cowboy boots, and you have a demonic presence. Um, all, all four of you continue down. You are guided by Opal, the, the guide who betrays you in the end. You all know this secretly in your heart, and you get to the end, and you see. You see your magnificent blade, Ryan. Um, Leon sees all that he's ever wanted. It's been stolen for so long. It's been taken. And now is your time to shine. How far away is it? It is 30 feet away from you. Oh, okay. I easily make that. I feel like the worst person in the world. I I am terrible. The Commentary. I feel pathetic. Little robot never betrayed you either. I, I know. I know. Stuff. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I get that, but that's that, you're not telling this story, Ryan. <laughs> Sam's not telling this story either. Another very nope. specific person is telling this story, and we've and already established, yeah, they're an unreliable narrator. Yeah, that Alvar is not a But Leon, because he says all this stuff, will walk 15 feet forward and then teleport have a hand on the sword the other okay. 15 would be as you grab the sword you feel yourself get pulled along with it as it disappears you know this is wrong you know that this is not how the story was supposed to go but you know this is how it should have gone there's no way that that insignificant god could have outsmarted you and kept you from your prize you're pulled along by the sword as the scene fades away with you and you're pulled back into this oblivion and that's where we'll call this episode <laughs> So much of this has felt like a personal text. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode three of Shining Like Silver, the Flashback Castle. I never meant this as a personal attack against you, Ryan. It's just that that happens. And since this is going to be the first time that you're listening to it as well, Alex, I'm so sorry for doing Felix like that. There's no harm meant in any of it. If you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed running it, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find podcasts, or check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash beholders iPod. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Dreamy Flashback by Kevin McLeod. Heroes of Our Times by Raphael Crux. Tempting Secrets by Kevin McLeod. Revolt of the Machines by Frank Schroeder. Age of AI Instrumental by Sasha Endy. Our story begins by Kevin McLeod. All other sound effects from Zapspot.com. 